All right, guys, here we go again. It's episode number 10 of the Tony Joe Show. Holy shit. I made it. 10 episodes. I only got 42 more to go before I decide whether or not I'm going to continue to do this. Um, it's looking really good so far. Um, I really enjoy doing this. I really do. It's Don't get me wrong. It's a ton of work. It's really hard to balance your family life and your extracurricular activities, which is the band thing for me, um, work, and then trying once a week to either get together with somebody and have a conversation for an hour with bringing the equipment to them and whatever you have to do for that scenario, um, or sitting in your basement at four o'clock in the morning and uh, trying to figure out what to say for an hour. It's it's challenging, man, but I really do enjoy it. Um, you know, I'm running it a day late this week because it's just been so hard to pack everything in. This last weekend, I did a show um, in town here with my good friends, the Adarna, and my new friends, Ballbag, uh, which is probably one of the best names for a band ever. <laughs> um, it was really, really fun. It was we're in the middle of recording right now, so we haven't had hardly any time at all to rehearse, to practice our songs. Um, we're just in record mode, just like tracking, tracking, tracking. Um, so it was it was tough for us to try to get it together, and it, it came together okay, all things considering for us. Um, ball bag was great. The Adarna, oh my god, like I've seen them at least 40 times probably 40 performances i've seen from them at least um they're fantastic they're a great band they've always been a great band but for some reason this last friday um i have never seen them have a better show um just the interaction with the crowd their energy was just times 10 it was awesome i I'm still kind of blown away about, you know, the whole vibe of that thing. So I'm really looking forward to doing another show with them very soon. Um, I'd love them to death. Uh, they ended up staying at our house, which was super cool. Um, I've, you know, I've, I, I know them very well. We've hung out, but I've never had, I don't really have musicians hang out at my house, you know, like stay mostly because my kids have, uh, they've been pretty young. They're a little older now, so they can handle, a bunch of weird smelly strangers <laughs> hanging out in the living room um but before you know you'd have the kids really young and they'd wake up and cry and fuss or whatever um but now it seems to be a little little easier on the household and it was a blast I, we loved having them over um got to chat with everybody um just talk about the show and talk about stupid stuff um really cool really cool we made them a big old breakfast to get them on their way and they did a show in Spokane the next night really fun hanging out with those folks um so I'm going to suggest that you check them out <laughs> go to their go to their website go to all their social media along with ball bag check them out too man they were really really cool I didn't get to like really focus on their on their set because I was I was pretty drained from playing so I had to kind of 
gather my thoughts, but I, I was able to sit for like three or four songs and really pay attention to what they're doing. Really fun, really fun stuff. So check them out as well. So this episode, I want to speak with, um, I want to let you know who I'm speaking with. First of all, Hey, let's get it together. Okay. Um, we are going to be talking with my good friend, Bahia Mudd. Now, Bahia is a uh, professional comedian. She actually gets paid to tell jokes, which is awesome. We talk about a bunch of cool stuff, how she got started, um, some of the interactions and experiences she's had as a professional comedian out there on the road. I identify with comedians a lot. Um, it's very much like being a musician, um, but a lot scarier <laughs> as being a band guy. I have four other guys I can lean back on. She really doesn't. It's her. Um, I find it fascinating and I find it very um, scary <laughs> and inspiring that she does this. So we talk about her story and honestly, I couldn't get through five minutes with her without just losing it. I mean, my face actually hurt at the end of the conversation because I was laughing so hard. And the cool thing about just sitting and talking with these folks is I got to, I got to figure out a way to continue, keep that mic on. Cause after we turned off the mic, we ended up talking for another 25 minutes, 30 minutes about just fun stuff. And it was, I don't know, man, I, it's it's crazy um, how much easier the flow of the conversation is without a microphone on. <laughs> so I got to figure out a way to um, continue that vibe as we as we uh, kind of shut it down. It was really fun. I had a blast with her. So I want you to check it out. This is episode number ten with my very good friend, the hilarious Bahia Mud. What do you know? It's the Tony Joe Show with my dad, Tony Joe. Bahia, tell me, um, Tell me about yourself. Tell me about like what you're, what you're doing. Like, okay, well, let's start with um, how we met. We met because you owned the rec room. Correct. And then we wanted another open mic in town. Because mm -hmm. at the time there was only Sela. Mm -hmm. So me and Lily Hansinger mm -hmm. were like, hey, why don't we do an open mic? No, we started doing the weekend shows too. Yes. We didn't just have the open mic. We were doing the first Friday shows. That's right. Yeah. 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 That was awesome. That was like oh my gosh, it was one so of my great. favorite things about having that place mm -hmm. was just all the comedians that would come through and the fun that just followed that. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That was really good. And I think that was the first room I ever booked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it was awesome. Like I remember seeing you like before that and we did like this downtown festival oh, and yeah. my band played and you opened up for the whole festival and I was like so impressed with how you know 
it was one of those things, even for the musicians that were there, that nobody gave a shit. <laughs> nobody yeah. gave a shit. Yeah, and you have to just keep on going. Keep on keeping on. Stick yeah. with your material, whether it's music or jokes or whatever. It was oh. really crazy. I, I, I was like, wow, that's super brave. That's super cool. I was really impressed with like, who is this? We got we got a real comedian in 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 town in Yakima here. That's crazy. Well, you know, and when um, I started comedy on a lie, it wasn't really a lie. I just watched The Secret, mm-hmm. and my husband was a musician, and um, he had told me I had to find my own dream. Uh-huh. You know, let him just live his right. So then um, I watched The Secret because I'm like, I need something because I didn't have like any aspiration for anything. Mm -hmm. You know, am I just going to be a mom? Because not really too good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Am I supposed to just keep doing this? (laughs) And so (laughs) I watched The Secret and um, it was all about, you know, vision boards and just, you know, you don't say you want something. You already have it. Okay. Okay. So I started telling people, well, you know. I'm a comedian. <laughs> Isn't never... that like a taboo or something? <laughs> it is. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know the rules. I don't know the rules either, but... <laughs> that... It seemed legit. I mean, they told me to do it. <laughs> hey, I watched The Secret. So I am officially a stockbroker right now. Well, and that's the thing. Okay, so years later, I went back and I watched The Secret again. Uh-huh. One of the examples they use is this guy who wanted to be a stand-up comedian. Okay. And I was like, holy shit, am I a comedian just because that was the example and the secret? Like, why couldn't it have been like a lottery winner or a doctor, <laughs> you know? Right. I'm going to be a lawyer now. <laughs> you know, a real moneymaker. Instead, it's just, you know. A struggling artist. Yes. Yeah. And oh who, I know. I don't that's know who crazy. That. Yeah. That's... So after I lied for a while, mm-hmm. um, I went up to Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to get on an open mic, you know? Okay. So I got on the open mic down at the Comedy Underground. Okay. And it was my first time ever in front of an audience. And I brought my sister and my best friend, Ruth. I'm, I'm getting nervous right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, I got on stage and I didn't know that you had to write jokes. I thought, because if you watch a good comedian, it doesn't look like they write jokes. No, it just looks like they're telling a story. Yeah, it's yeah. like, you know what's funny? Yeah. yeah. And so I got up there and I had nothing. And I just started laughing. So then it made the audience laugh because I could tell this lady's losing it, you know. And my friend Ruth yells out from the audience, hey, B, I thought you were Chinese. And it didn't even make sense. (laughs) And I said, well, guys, I I drove her here. And then that was the only joke for the whole set. And I said, thank you. And I ran away. I didn't do comedy again for five years. Oh, really? I started writing and I started to blog online Mm -hmm. and I found out. What strangers think is funny, like what's universally funny mm-hmm. compared to what's funny to a small group? You mm-hmm. know, can I make um, a 17-year-old laugh and a 72-year-old laugh? Right, right. So that was like really great. And then that's when I started doing open mic at Carmen's. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. And how many years ago was that? That was... Nine. Nine years ago. Nine. Wow. So... Once you did that, I, 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 I knew that you were like hooked up with uh, Susan. Mm-hmm. And can you tell me a little bit about that kind of mentorship that, that, oh, yeah. that relationship you have with her? Well, the funny part about Susan is, um, so the Pow Wow Comedy Jam, which is a group of Native Americans that go out and do comedy. I'm Native. And I'd seen them do, I think it was a Showtime special. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, tell my husband we're watching it. I'm like, these are all Indians. Like, why aren't I with them? Like, where's the ladies? Where's where's the lady Indians? So I got on Facebook. I just started sending all of the messages. My name's Behemoth. I'm an Indian. I'm funny. No, 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 no. (laughs) So, uh, and they were all really nice to me, all talked to me and stuff. And I was doing an open mic out at Carmen's, drinking wine. Mm -hmm. No one's there. Right. Just me and the other people that want to be comedians. Who cares? You know, so I'm half lit. And I get up on stage. And I just do this horrible set. <laughs> so bad and so dirty, like just cringeworthy. <gasps> right. You know, like d- nobody ever remember this. And I get off stage and I see Susan Jones sitting in the back. And I had never met her before. Wow. But I knew who she was. Mm-hmm. And I went running over there. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, I didn't know that you're here, this and that. And she's like, oh, haha, it's funny. It's okay. Whatever. She was there to scout me for the powwow comedy jam. Really? Yes. And you're just half lit, having a good old time, yeah. not oh, giving a shit. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so then I got on a show with her that following February. I got on a show with her, um, and I had these high hopes that she would like take me away and make me a comedian, you know? Uh-huh. And uh, the guy that was booking the show told me, you guys are too much alike, and that's never going to happen. Oh, really? So I went and did the show with her. With two other girls who, I don't know if they even still do comedy. I don't remember who they were, but they were really mean to me. Oh, wow. They were so rude. And Susan just like stood up for me and she was like, why don't you come by my hotel room tomorrow? We're going to write some jokes. And I was like, heck yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Then all of a sudden, I'm, you know, the next day I'm standing in a hotel room with Susan Jones, Mark Yaffe, Benji Wright. And, uh, and we're all just like in this room. I'm with all these comedians in a hotel room. Like I had dreamt about this. I watched I Am Comic. I thought someday I'm going to be in a hotel room with comedians. <laughs> and I was on First Street here in Yakima. Well, that sounds really Yeah, really and so dirty. she she took me she took me along. And it was that very next month I had my very first road show with her and Tommy Sabat. And it was um, someplace up by Omaka Casino in a bingo hall. Hmm. And it was like the most exciting thing I had ever done in my entire life. That's awesome. Yeah. And that does sound so exciting. That's oh, crazy. Yeah. And you've just been going and doing shows. Like how how active are you right now? I, I saw that you just did a, a show in town here not yeah. too long ago. Well, I'm pretty active. I'm you know, me and Susan hit it hard for about two years. We I were remember. on the road. Constantly. Yeah. Go, Constantly. go, go. And that was like the training. That was Idaho Falls. You know, that was driving all the way to Montana. That mm-hmm. was going down to Reno all the time. You know, we were constantly going. And then, um, you know, there's some sacrifices in that. And I have a huge family. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a mother. I'm a grandmother now. And so I could not be gone like that. It doesn't, doesn't work. I right. mean, right. For, for my husband's, you know, sanity. sanity. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even though he did learn how to like to use oven. You know, mm-hmm. he knew all the kids' teachers. He's still in charge of the teachers just because of that. But anyways. Wow. <laughs> no, no. I, I'm, I feel you. That's the exact same thing I go through with April where right. she takes care of the kids, all the school stuff, and I'm gone on the weekends doing whatever, recording or playing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing. That's that's why I identify with comedians so much. It's kind of the same thing. The thing I like about it um, a little more than what I do is – you're you're doing it on your own for the most part. Oh yeah, I, yeah. you don't have to rely on three other assholes who can't make it no. to practice because you know whatever. Well, and you know it's like improv. Improv, you have a whole group and they all work off of each other. Mm-hmm. 
But it's not easier than stand-up for a stand-up comedian because, like, for me, I can't work off another person. My mind's already thinking about something else, you uh -huh. know? So if I have to add to some sentence or all of a sudden we're here juggling cats, like, I don't know. Like, I'm really <laughs> bad at it. And I've seen some improv guys that, you know, don't really strive in, in stand-up mm -hmm. because they don't have anyone pushing them, telling them, hey, you know... You know, you're a truck driver with no arms. Go. <laughs> uh, what do I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. So can you tell me, like, any, like, really crazy experiences you've had playing live or performing live or being on the road? Something that just would. Oh, I've got so many. I've got so many. <laughs> and, like, from the first year, because, you know. We always think that we are more than we really are. Right. You know, you think you have more time than you do, especially when you first start. I thought I was the funniest motherfucker that ever blessed this planet. Like, I really did. I thought I was hilarious. And and I and I was funny. I was funny, but I thought mm -hmm. I was at this whole other level. Right. And so uh, when you go out on the road, that's where you find out where you really are. Oh, you know? 100%. Because, you know, the casinos pay good. You're going to go out. You're going to do the casino shows. You go do the circuit. And a casino show is real work. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. And you're lucky if anyone's listening. Mm -hmm. And if and, and even if they are listening, sometimes they just sit there and they just stare at you. Like it's really good money. It's a clean show. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to really watch what you say. And it really tests like how much time you really have because you don't get the applause breaks. Right. You know, where people usually laugh, you're going to have to fill that <laughs> with other material. Holy smokes. And you're on a contract. This is how much time you said you could do. Right. You're doing 30 minutes from start to stop. Yes. And that's it. And you run through all your material in 20? <laughs> or <laughs> 10. One time it was 11 minutes at the Tulalip Casino, the old Tulalip Casino, mm -hmm. with Susan Jones. But Susan, the great thing about her is she never, ever harped on me about time. Mm -hmm. She's like, you go till you can't go anymore. Call me up. You know, so wow. I had... Like this very, I had a, you have a leniency when you're working with someone who is mentoring you, who is teaching you. Mm -hmm. And um, it was brutal having to, you know, go up there and tell jokes in front of her because she made me so nervous. Oh, I can imagine. Can you tell me a little bit about her history and, you know, kind of where, where she sits in the comedy world? Because what I, little I do know about her is she's always helping people. She's oh, always she is like like the mother bear to all comedians in Washington. She really is. And Susan's been doing comedy, I don't know, 20 some years. Like oh, Susan, wow. she started out in Tacoma mm -hmm. and um, she went out and she found mentors. She had people that taught her and that's why she's carried this on. Oh, wow. You know, it's because mm -hmm. she was taught and um, she kind of passes that along and that's what she believes in doing. Um, she just taped her dry bar. Oh, really? Yes. How exciting. I love her so much. Congratulations. Yeah. When you talk to her, say congratulations. Oh, I will. I Man, will. She's, I, I got to see her again. I haven't seen her. And I saw her open for Rob Schneider at uh, the Emerald Queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you know, uh, we're going to go see Rob Schneider. It's like three years ago or something like that. And I was really excited. And then all of a sudden... Holy shit, Susan's opening. This is great. So yeah. I messenger like, I didn't know you were opening. Congratulations. That's cool. Yeah. 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 How cool. Yeah. She's a big fish. She's she's a big fish. That's very, very cool. Mm -hmm. So you were saying something else about um, 
TJ Miller, you were saying you have a story, oh. and I got to hear this. <laughs> I would like to preface this with, <laughs> Bef- like, so, and I wouldn't normally, like, I'm not trying to name drop because it, that's ridiculous, but I feel like I should tell the story just because he went on a podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, a podcast that he does, I think it's like Cashing In, okay. TJ Miller. Yeah. And there was an episode about hurt feelings. Okay. And I didn't know about it or anything. It was after we'd worked together and uh, my friend Thane, Thane Johannesburg or okay. something, Thane got a hold of me. He just sent me a text and he said, is there any chance that you hurt TJ Miller's feelings? Because he's doing a podcast and it sounds just like you. Oh, and I my. thought, oh shit, I did. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> I feelings. And I wouldn't normally go around telling people about it because I didn't think like it was a big deal. Right, right. And so I was working with them over in Spokane at the Spokane Comedy yeah, Club. I, oh my god! Let me pause right there. That venue is the coolest venue I've ever been to. The people, the staff, are the nicest. They're a machine. It's incredible. Like, you've got these huge, like, you know, six foot eight bouncers, just beefy dudes that could toss you out with one hand. And they're like, hey, how you doing? Glad you came. You know, yeah. very polite, very nice. I have nothing. I've I've put them on my schedule. Like, once a month, once every two months, I'm driving to Spokane mm-hmm. to go to a show there just because of how fantastic their, their staff and the whole... Thing is. Well, and you know, they, they, they run it like a machine. So before those doors ever open, mm-hmm. the, all the servers and the bouncers, everybody's there and they have a huddle. Like they okay. really, this is a team effort. Like they're so strategic with everything and to watch them work from inside is just amazing. Well, amazing. The, that's incredible. The, they're doing it right because they have definitely sold me as being like a very loyal customer. Like I look and see what they have going on. Oh, they're going to love that. They're going to love that because I know the owners, Renee and Kevin, and I know that that is like their goal. Their goal right. was to have like this. I'm driving place. three and a half hours each way to go to shows mm-hmm. there as opposed to two and a half to Seattle or really anything here right now. Right. I, I will make that jump. Right. I saw... Uh, Bert Kreischer and Chris D'Elia over there mm-hmm. just because that venue is so cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fantastic. And I enjoy playing there. But I and I had gone over and um before I worked with TJ there, first I had an audition to even try to get a hosting spot. Oh, wow. You know, because there's an auditioning process and that. So I, I passed that and then I did the dope show over there. Mm-hmm. And then TJ came up, that that show came up. And so when I worked with TJ Miller, I got to tell you that I've always been a huge fan. Mm-hmm. Huge. Right. Because he's such a weirdo. 100%. <laughs> How strange can you get? You know, like TJ Miller is bizarre. Right. And I've always enjoyed that because I like weird stuff. And Of course. And also, I have a 15-year-old son with Asperger's who he reminds me of so much, you know. Really? The humor part of it is so spot on that it... Was I was like, I wonder if I'm going to find out that TJ has Asperger's. And he might. Maybe it's undiagnosed. But I'm not a doctor. Right. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so anyhow, so that weekend, uh, me and my husband were up there. And Renee and Kevin have uh, like a comedy condo like mm-hmm. the, in their house, like downstairs in their basement. It's all set up. Oh, wow. For comedians, you know. So I was staying with them down there. And uh, 
So we go down to the show and I was so nervous. I was so nervous to meet him because he was like the first like movie star that mm-hmm. I'm going to be working with. And I was so nervous and stuff. So that first night I had really bad jitters. Everything was okay though. He was very polite, very nice to me. And we had a really good time. And so the second night it felt way more comfortable. So then we were standing in the green room and we're just BSing, you know, going back and forth. And as you probably know, the allegations of TJ Miller, like he's had a lot of scandal right. surrounding him for his lunatic behavior. Like, Oh, you know what? Honestly, alleged. all of us probably have those same skeletons in our closet. We're just but not in the spot. No, no, and, nobody's watching us. And, and when that stuff happened, we probably, it wasn't a thing. And see, and I had people telling me like, oh God, you're going to open for TJ. Don't, you know, maybe you don't want to broadcast that because there were people that were dropping out of shows. Wow. Because of those allegations, people are dropping out. And here I am like, hey, I want to work with TJ Miller because I was really excited about it. But I didn't post about it on social media. I didn't do a lot of that because I wasn't looking for backlash. Mm -hmm. You know, and also I didn't want someone to be like she's a victim shaming, you know, rape denying, you know, kind of. Yeah. I don't want to be political. Right. I just wanted to do comedy. So anyways, me and TJ are back there and we're just BS and we're just having a great time. We're talking, talking, talking. Well, those allegations came up. He talked about allegations, this and that. And he goes, but nobody really knows. And this and that. And I was like, absolutely. And then I said, but you know, I didn't feel comfortable posting about it on social media. And I feel cheated that I couldn't post about it, you know. For be- sure. Because of those that's allegations. That's a big deal. Yeah. That's like me opening up for like a big band and... I want to scream it yeah. from the rafters saying, look at me. I get mm-hmm. to play with these people. That's crazy. Yeah. So I didn't get to tell anybody and I felt cheated. That's why I was telling him. And I was it wasn't like a blame thing or anything. And then we just went on about our business. No big deal. The next night, we had great shows that night too. Mm-hmm. So the next night we come in because it was three nights. And um, I'd already opened the show. And then we were working with CJ Sullivan and he was on stage. He was featuring for TJ. They traveled together. And so I asked TJ, because CJ had been bringing them up between that their set. He would just bring them up. I wouldn't have to go back on stage. Right. Because they're so used to just being just together. Right. But I said, oh, tonight can I, you know, introduce you? And he said, no. Oh, really? And I said, oh. And he goes, you really hurt my feelings last night. And I thought he was joking with me, because oh, it was just so man. weird. You know? Because I wasn't thinking about anything. And I said, oh, TJ, are we having our first fight? Right. And he said, you mean our last fight? I will never see you again. And like stormed off to the green room. And I was like, holy shit. Holy shit. But I love you. So. Oh, my God. And it was just like fighting with my son, Josh. So anyways, I go into the green room and I'm like, hey, you know, whatever I did, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. He's all, you saying that you wouldn't post that on social media really upset me. And I said, I'm, that's not how I meant it. That's not, I didn't mean it to hurt your feelings. Right. And he said, I should have never brought this up during the show. I love your eyes. And like ran out of the room. And I'm just like stunned. And I go out and I tell my husband, Noe, what just happened. And he's like, oh no, like, what have you done? I'm like, I don't know. You know, like, shit. Like, it was like, so the whole time he's on stage, I'm sitting back there with my husband, just like. How did I mess all this up? Like, how did I? Oh, my God. I, I identify with that so much. It My heart is racing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was. It was so bad. It was so bad. And then when he got off stage, 
he went to the green room and I went in there and I said, look, I'm really sorry. And he goes, no, he goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I shouldn't have taken it so personally. Mm-hmm. He goes, and I should have, you know, talked to you differently about it. And I shouldn't have done it during a show. I said, yeah, but I just want you to know that I didn't intentionally hurt your feelings. Right. I'm a mom. I do it all the time. Like, I don't mean to, though. It's right. just like talking. Right. You're just talking. And you're you're just being you. And sometimes yeah. people just take are too sensitive when it comes to that kind of stuff. Well, oh, my shit. God. I mean, yeah, it's a big fucking deal for him. Yeah. So any little thing that like, oh, you just brought up the fact that my grandma's dead you motherfucker! <laughs> you, you, you know that kind of thing what the fuck well it totally just like caught me off guard and i'm just like well geez and he said you know what he goes i accept your apology and he gives me a big hug he goes you're gonna you're gonna call me up on stage for the next show and you know everything's great and mr big hugs and everything was fantastic after that he after the show he watched me he watched every single set i did Wow. That's what I can say about T.J. Miller. He stood back there and he watched every what single time. What a fucking stand-up dude. And then, and that last night, we were just all standing around after the our last shows, and he sat down with me and my husband, and he said, I want to talk about your jokes. He goes, some of these, I have just never even heard the take on some of the stuff that you say. Like, I have never heard that take. And the way that you can do that is amazing. Wow. And he goes, and, you know, he was telling Noah, he goes, she really loves you to, you know, the material that she has about you. So funny. Like, <sighs> and for you to come here, what a good husband. You just sit here and you watch intently all the time that she's on stage. And he was just so sweet. It was all great. And I thought, I'm redeemed, you know? Right. And then the podcast comes so out. So then a few weeks later, <laughs> he does this podcast. <laughs> There's this one chick. Now, he never called me a comedian. He said, I worked with this woman. Oh. This woman, and she told me how excited she was to work with me. She was so excited she did the show for free. I would never do a free show at this point in my career. But anyways. And she had to stay with the owners. Owners have comedy condo. Right. And because just because she wanted to open for me. And she was just, oh, you're so great. You're so great. Then all of a sudden, she just says... You, um, I couldn't post on social media because of your allegations. And she really hurt my feelings. And I told her, you hurt my feelings. And and then he goes on to say, he says, yeah. And she tried to joke with me. She said, oh, is this our first fight? Because she's that kind of woman. <laughs> Whoa. Now he just brought it full circle, didn't he? <laughs> and all I have to say is, guess what, TJ? That was our first fight. Duh, told you. Like, why didn't you, you listen? Win. <laughs> <laughs> and I I shouldn't be happy about hurting people's feelings. I just feel like I've kind of leveled up in that category because it used to just be friends and family, right. co-workers once in a while. Right. And I got this movie star. Yeah. I'm getting right under this. That is awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. <Thank laughs> that awesome. I'm that kind of woman. So <laughs> you are. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh my God. Oh, my mom's crying. <laughs> so, so, what do you got coming up next? Like, um, well, I have some things in the works. Um, I'm working on some things I don't really want to talk about just yet. Right, right. But, like, the first, the next show I have is like the Lucky Dog Casino and like Scamamish. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. And then I'll do a run down in Oregon, mm-hmm. casino run over there in Medford. Cool. Yeah, and I usually do that about twice a year. Okay. And that's the difference between 
my life now than when we were on the road all the time is now it's pretty much what I want to do and Mm -hmm. the things that I want to do. Like I will not go back to Idaho Falls. I'm not driving to Montana. Like I don't want to. Right. So I'm not going to. I've done it. Wow. Did you, um, what was uh, going on with Idaho Falls? Were were the shows good there or? (laughs) Okay. You just answered my question. Well, it's a triple run. And triple's like, you know, um, not notorious. I don't know how you would say. But if you're a comedian in the Pacific Northwest, you've done a triple run. Like that's okay. Is that referencing like Tribbles from Star Trek? No. No. It's the guy's name. Oh. His last name, Tribble. <laughs> okay. David Tribble. And so he has these, and he used to have bigger runs, mm-hmm. you know. And um, But he's got a run that goes out to like Idaho and then Montana. They okay. did a movie about it, like a cult classic kind of movie called The Montana Run. And it's about the Tribble runs. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think that was like back in like... 90s mm, okay i believe so but um so anyhow idaho falls is the toughest room you can do because idaho falls is pretty secluded right they live someplace that's not present like it's not like future it's, times it's a bizarre city and it, you're going way back you know right, right. To like you can smoke inside the bars right and it was almost like walking back into the 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the strangest thing. Like, everybody was so different than now. I, I don't know how to explain it. But so you check into this hotel, and Susan tells the guy, just make sure you give us one of the good rooms. <laughs> These rooms are crazy. Okay. So we did. We each got a good room, which meant, like, mine had a sink in the bathroom that was cracked right down the middle and open. Mm-hmm. But people had continued to use it. Oh, so we ended up staying in the same room, you know, is, to actually is go to sleep. Is this hotel and the club connect- connected? Okay. The Pinecrest? It could be. I think I stayed there before. <laughs> okay. So they have stall rooms where it's just like a stall shower, and then they have ones with actual tubs. I think that, so. I think that's the difference between the good room and the bad room. Yeah. It's, it was pretty scary. I mean, there were like holes in the walls, and yeah. um, there was... Like a pool area, but grass that was like three feet tall around the pool area. Um, yeah, and yeah. they had a big club in the back, yes. like a music That's venue. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the same yeah. same place. It, it is no more, from what I understand. Oh. But I put a, I put a pretty uh, hilarious uh, Yelp review on there. <laughs> On their deal. But yeah, I stayed there and it was gross. They had a bottle opener um, screwed into the vanity. Mm-hmm. And so you can basically sit on the toilet and crack a Miller at the same time. That's living. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. living. So that's Idaho <laughs> Falls life, in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. It is. That is Idaho Falls it, right it, there. Yeah. It, it was It was bizarre. Um, the thing that I loved about it was, you're right, it was like being back in the 90s. Being a musician and in bands, there was music, live music everywhere when I was there. Like... I would go to all each of these clubs and it was packed full mm-hmm. of people. So I can see how the comedy thing related where it's like, okay, yeah, don't oh. give a shit. And they, like but they the all come down. I mean, and, and it was packed with people and it was Mardi Gras weekend oh, in wow. Idaho Falls. So, you know, you're up there and they're constantly just yelling, show me your tits, you know, throwing oh. beads at you. you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was just the craziest thing. They're just extremely wild savages in there. Like, it was really bizarre. And it was funny because some of the guys had told Susan, well, I don't think he has really worked for it, you know. 
she gets to go do all these shows and she's never really worked for it. So then when I went and did Idaho Falls, it's like, ha, working it. <laughs> right? <laughs> There's 10 years of dues in one night. <laughs> Suck it. <Ooh. laughs> yeah. And it was crazy. And you had to be dirty. You had to be able to wrangle all of these wild people in this mm-hmm. smoke-filled room. And everybody's drinking and they do not serve food in there. That's but right. everybody's drinking so like a pizza truck came at the end of the night or something. Yeah, yeah. But it was bizarre, but yeah. Yeah, I remember sitting in the bar of that club mm-hmm. like I can I can smoke and I this is this is when I was a smoker and I loved it for yeah. about 5 minutes and yeah. then I'm like okay, I don't like smoking inside. <laughs> I just don't like it. <laughs> well, gosh, I mean they don't have the like there wasn't a good air ventilation system. So like Not even it. when you're up there doing comedy, it's just like this haze of smoke, you know, and wild people. And right. I'm sure that's what it was like in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. You know, just crazy smoke-filled rooms. Yeah. So that's when that's my reference to Idaho Falls. It's like, ugh, Idaho Falls. Man, I Yikes. love that. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, do you plan on going back to the Spokane Comedy Club anytime yes. soon? Oh. Um, I don't have a date yet. Um, Let me know because I I want to go there when you're when you're hosting or performing or whatever yeah. you're doing. I want to make sure yeah. that me and April go and and see you and support you. Yeah, for sure, man. Because it's a it's a great club. I I love it over there. But um, I'm going to be going out more now that the weather's finally cleared up. Because boy, that weather the winter that we had Ooh, was crazy. It was rough. It was really rough. It was very oppressive. It was just like. Whew. So but, you're not uh, going anywhere. You're just hanging mm-hmm. out. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I'm working on some stuff and some stuff will come out this fall and I'm excited. And you know what the funny thing is? The headshots that you, that your wife did for me uh-huh. are still the same ones I use because I've never gotten any as good. Really? Yes. I will tell her that. Oh, God. I have the worst headshots. <laughs> I could do it. Oh, my God. That'd be a great Christmas card. Old headshots. I mean, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I could make a calendar. I could make a calendar. That's what you of should do. Bad Head- headshots. <laughs> but he is bad headshot holiday. Well, I get so uncomfortable. I get so uncomfortable uh-huh. when somebody's trying to take my picture. So it's not just them. It's me. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, April, together. she's she's very like, okay, let's just – she gets really nervous when she's taking pictures. So I think that kind of helped with the situation with her shooting your headshot because she was probably <laughs> just as nervous as you were. Oh, God. I still remember freaking out that day. But she did a great job, and those are still the same ones I used. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I'll have to see if she – Wants to do an updated version for you. <laughs> but they, but also, so just so you know, here in Yakima, we have got some young comedians that are doing some stuff. Yeah. You know, they're going out and they're doing different little kind of like open mic showcases and they're kind mm-hmm. of moving around the city. I think they call themselves the Yakima Jokers. Oh, really? Yeah. And it, The Yak Yaks? The Yak Yaks. <laughs> ah, that'd be good. <laughs> I'm full of them. I'm full of them. <laughs> but it's fun to watch them just because... I haven't seen people like that here in Yakima since we did Carmen's. Right. So it's really fun to watch this enthusiasm and kind of this, um, you know, um, arrogance, you know, because you're so young in it and it feels right. so good. Like when you've made a stranger laugh, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. You know, and when you're so young and new in it, you still think that you're the funniest person on the planet. So it's fun to watch. I like to watch those guys. Okay. I got, I got a idea. I want to, I want to run by you. So, you know, most comedians start when they're really, really young, you know, they got the bug and they want to do this and Mm -hmm. they put in their dues years and years and years of writing and performing and honing their craft. Now, 
what would you say about a guy in his 40s who wanted to try to do something like that, who wanted to be a, a comedian or attempt to start to do that? Do it. You're so much, I'm so much funnier the older I get. I didn't have the confidence in my 20s. And I, to even know that I was funny. Well, what I'm thinking about doing is I'm thinking about, I don't, I don't consider myself a funny person at all. I consider myself kind of a, you know, put, put goals in front of me and do it. And I'm not, I'm not a jokester. I'm not a funny guy, but it would be really interesting to see if I could put things together and make it happen and be able to perform. Mm -hmm. Not, not at, at any kind of level at where you're at, but could I go and actually become a, uh, a guy who opens a show, not beyond an open micer, a guy uh -huh. who could who, who could host or open mm -hmm. a show and fool everybody. I don't know, and document that that journey. I don't know. Is is that like is that just a stupid, silly, silly idea? Or you're I, talking to someone who said they were a comedian way before they ever got on stage because they watched The Secret. <laughs> <laughs> touche, touche. I did everything that you're not supposed to do. Right. Well, I thought it would be just such a cool idea for a guy, you know, you know, funny at 40. Is a, is, is a dude going to be able to go out there and, and become seemingly not a professional comedian, but actually kind of tell some jokes and make people laugh and fool them? Could I, could I fool people to think that I'm actually doing it? Not that I don't love it or have a serious interest in it. Um, I do love comedy. I do. I just, I don't think I'm funny. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a lame guy. I mean, no, that's you've always true. been, we've always laughed. Right. Every time we've ever talked, we've laughed. I know. We always have a really good time. <laughs> so I, it's not like, you know, I know some people that if they were saying that to me, I'd be like, don't do that to yourself. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to take up drinking? That's what right. you should do. Drink right. first. Drink. Do you have any cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope your heart attack's funny because you're not. I'm just kidding. It's horrible. It's a terrible thing to say. Right. <laughs> well, if I do actually pull the trigger on this idea, I'm going to want to tap you for some coaching. I'm going to want to say, okay, well, you know, let's let's uh, show me how to write a joke. Because I know you were doing like a, a sit down, like joke writing kind of gathering, like class type thing at the bar. You know? Oh, 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 us, oh, uh, at, at the rec room. Oh, a yeah. Long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we were, that wasn't really a lesson, though. That was just all of us trying to, and it was never successful. It was just, oh. <laughs> <laughs> My best joke that I write, you know, I'm in the shower and I'm just like, you know, all of a sudden something comes over me and I'm like, you know, that's how I've written the jokes about so many different things. Like, I've, well, Jeff joke's never been funny, but I tried in the shower. But you know that I it'll just be some random thing, right? And I'll run out of the bedroom and I'll be like, "I can make oh that my fun. God. Yeah. Oh my god, babe, guess what? I just wrote another joke. Oh. Look at the back of my head. Look at it. It's so friendly. Look at the front. No, look at the back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Approach from behind. So friendly. Ah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm definitely gonna I'm I'm definitely gonna try to talk to you. And hey, I mean that's you kind really of should. I, I mean, mean that's kind of why I'm doing this mm -hmm. here. Um I I I have a hard time communicating like 
getting my thoughts across properly without sounding like kind of a dumbass. Um, I stumble my words, you know, I, I slur a little bit and I don't drink. <laughs> so uh, it's like, if I do this, I'm trying to do it every day for a year and trying to make my public speaking and all that kind of stuff clear and precise. And, and, you know, I've always had a problem with pronunciation. Like it's always been extremely difficult for mm -hmm. me. Like, I don't know if it's just the way my brain is. It's just, it's always been very hard. And when I first started doing stand-up, like actually going out to the open mics every weekend, I um, used to feel really sick. I mean, vomit kind of sickness. Right. So I started listening to these self-help tapes and I'd hypnotize myself. Oh yeah? Yeah. And my favorite one was this one. And um, you would say these positive mantras to yourself. Mm -hmm. And the best one was, you're an interesting person, and people are interested in what you have to say. So I'd be driving out to Carmen's <laughs> and just be belting it out in the car. You know, you're an interesting person. People are interested in what you have to say. Right. You know? <laughs> and because I'd have to go down there alone. Your friends only want to go. Right. You know, when you very first start, maybe you can drag them along. Or like yeah. my friend Ruth, you don't want her there. She's going to yell out weird shit. Right, right. Nobody wants Ruth there. <laughs> so I'd have to go down there by myself. Uh -huh. And I've always had social anxiety. I've never made friends easily. Mm -hmm. And I'd have to be there with all these strangers. And they'd introduce this woman who's going to stand up there and tell jokes. Mm -hmm. And it was so bizarre. Oh. Oh, it's, yeah, it's outside crazy. of my norm. That's mm -hmm. not what I was about. I didn't have any experience with that. I love that. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing is trying to get outside of my comfort zone. Yes. I, I think if you can get out there a little bit like today, I didn't want to come down here, even though I wanted to talk to you. I really wanted to hang out with you again because we haven't seen each other in years. Yeah. It's like, man, my whole day, all I'm thinking about is the time that I from driving from my house down to here. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my whole day is fucked. And then I get to see you and we get to hug and uh -huh. we get to laugh and yep. talk about stupid shit. Yeah. It, it, it's great. But yeah, getting myself outside and forcing myself to do shit. Um, I'm forcing myself. I'm putting this out tomorrow. So this sounds like my planet fitness membership. I'm <laughs> glad that we both made it here today. <laughs> like, I love it when, I'm there. when I'm there, I'm like, yeah, bring it. But just getting there, I'm like, I don't want to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's exactly like that. Like, yeah. I, I've gotten into a fitness and, and you know, like, I wake up, I drink my coffee, and then I run for three uh, miles. That's that's my routine every day. And if I don't do it, my whole day is fucked. So doing this and doing this every week mm -hmm. keeps me going for the next week. And yeah, I, all, week, I've been, all week I've been thinking about you and like, what am I going to say? Am I going to prepare? Am I going to write notes? Oh, well, I thought about writing notes because I was like, am I going to forget something? Well, no, I'm not going to forget. I mean, I lived it, so I don't really think I can. Right. But and, and I'm just basically, I'm asking you questions. I want to know well, genu you genuinely. you know, I think that you should do like whatever you decide to do, you should just do it. Right. You know, just because like I did it very unconventionally it, and it, it worked out. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't know the rules of comedy. I didn't know any comedians. Mm -hmm. And I just had to go and try. And the funny thing is, before my first year was up, I think I was five months in, I went and auditioned for Last Comic Standing. I had no business doing that. Oh, my God. I know. And I, <laughs> I me and my friend Ruth <laughs> down there drove all the way down to L.A. Oh, wow. Yeah. We slept in that line. I mean, and well, we went into some improv show, but then we came out, slept in the line and um, took cuts in the line the next morning because they only auditioned 45 people. Oh, holy shit. Yeah. So we kind of weaseled my way in there and I got to meet Greg Gerardo, who's no longer with us. Oh, wow. And I got to kind of do jokes in front of him. 
But he said to me, he said, you're a comedian. He goes, you sound like a comedian. You look like a comedian. You just have to write some jokes. And I was like, yes. Wow. Yeah. And two, that was 80, like, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And I got to, I met, um, at the same time, I met, um, gosh darn it. Now I'm not going to be able But anyways, it was a great time. And it was something I would have never done if I knew the rules. Mm-hmm. If I knew the rules of comedy, I would know that's ridiculous. Right. They're not going to pick anyone out of that line that's a setup for publicity. Like, that's stupid. Right. They've already got their list manufactured. And it ended up, the guy in line next to me was Jimmy O. Yang, who was Jin Yang on um, uh, Silicon Valley. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's him. And he just did Crazy Rich Asians. And he's doing all kinds of stuff. And we were in line next to each other. Wow. Yeah, so it's like Craig Robinson. That's who I met from The Office, the black guy. Oh, yeah. He's amazing. It was so insane because I had this dream about him. I mm-hmm. didn't know he was going to be there, but I had this dream. Months before I started doing comedy, I had this really bizarre dream. Mm-hmm. That I was in Seattle with my mom and my sister, and they left me. Okay. So I was all alone and uh, sitting on this bench, and I was crying. Craig Robinson comes up and puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, if you would have just loved me. I would have loved you. And then disappears. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where did he go? So I get up and I'm just looking all over. I'm going to all these different places. I can't find him. And I wake up and it's over. Well, when we were staying out in that line, a friend of mine was supposed to be performing inside the improv. So I went to go see him and he sends me a text once we're in there saying, oh, go ahead and leave. I got bumped by Craig Robinson. And I'm like, what? So I'm sitting there. Craig Robinson gets up, performs. And as he's leaving, I'm just chasing him down, you know? Right, And and I'm like, Craig, Craig. And I could tell he does not want to turn around. But I'm like, Mr. Robinson. (laughs) He turns around. And I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I just had to say hi to you because I had a dream about you. He's like, you had a dream about me? And I said, yeah. And he goes, okay, come on. Let's go talk about this. So we went and we sat down. And so I told him the dream. And then he was so sweet to me. He said, what was your name again? I said, my name is Bihia. And he stuck out his hand and he said, Bihia, it's nice to meet you. I'm Craig Robinson. And you finally found me. (laughs) Oh, man. That's amazing. How bizarre. Wow. And if I knew the rules, I wouldn't have been there. So rules are bullshit. I mean, there's... There's certain things you have to follow. Right. But you don't want it to take all the fun out of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I enjoyed being stupid. It was a great time. Ruth did get food poisoning from a one-armed waiter at this Mexican restaurant there in L.A. (laughs) She threw up that whole night out on the sidewalk. (laughs) (laughs) So I think you just named this episode... Rules are bullshit. Yeah, totally. That's awesome. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> well, do you have like any social media that you want people to check out or like or? Oh, they can go to my Instagram. It's just bmud at Instagram and it's B-E-A-M-U-D-D. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'll post that in. And the... they could try to find me on Facebook, but nobody can spell my name. Man. Right. I mean, that's why I have like 29 friends. I own. Om- <laughs> I- I mean, I've known you for years, and I almost had to second. I had a second. Is it Bahia? Yeah, yeah, Bahia. I, I should know that. What, what the fuck's wrong with me? Wow. We're at like 45 minutes. Oh. That's awesome. Okay. So, shit. Anything else you want to talk about? No. 
think that was good. It. Well, thank you so uh-huh. much. Thank you for having me. That was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. I'm so excited. Well, I love telling old stories anyway, so that's great. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm going to post this up, and shit, all we have to do now is uh, get a picture. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I know. It's the <laughs> Can worst. you use my headshot that your wife did like nine years ago? <laughs> You know what I'm going to do? What? Is I'm going to take a selfie and then I'm going to put that headshot over your face. Thank you. Okay. That's what's (laughs) happening. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you for doing this. Oh, I love you too. Thank you. (laughs) Man, what a good time that was. Holy smokes. Please, please, please follow Bahia. Find her on Instagram. Uh, BMUD is her handle. Check her out. Follow her in whatever city she may be performing in that would mean the world to me and i know it would mean the world to her as well i wanted to thank everybody out there who's been following me who's been reaching out telling me that they enjoy the podcast i'm gonna keep doing this i'm gonna keep making it fun